Welcome to the Worship Gear Podcast, where we discuss all things worship and have special guests that dive into topics that will help you grow your Christian faith. Thank you for joining us on this new episode by your host, Diego Domingo. Welcome to the Worship Gear Podcast, and we're excited to do our first episode today. And it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so excited! <laughs> I think we should talk actually about what is the definition of worship, since this is our first episode and we want to focus a little bit on worship. I'd like to go to Jamie first. And I mean, we did the little promo clips and everything that everyone has seen. So what is your definition of worship, Jamie? So for me, worship is surrender. It's a way that we can surrender our lives wholly and completely before God. Obviously, in a church aspect, when we talk about worship, it's usually like the worship ministry, so music. Um, But I do believe that worship is a lifestyle. It's something we do every day. It's not when I go to work, it's giving God worship. When I spend time with my friends and family, it's giving God worship. So every aspect of my life should be a part of worship because it is essentially surrender. Yeah. Yeah. Ali, thoughts? Yeah, same. Um, Ditto. (laughs) What she said. Uh, Worship for me is an outward expression of gratitude, an attitude of gratefulness to God for what he's done, what he's going to do. And it just works itself out in different ways, sometimes in songs, sometimes in art, sometimes in dance. And even like Jamie said, you know, just conversations with friends and family where we are just talking about the goodness of God. And that ultimately is worship. But I think that's the beauty of, of what worship is, is like Jamie, you said that it doesn't necessarily have to be music because yes. we all have different talents. We all have different gifts. So whether it's dancing, whether it's doing a cartwheel on stage, whether it's... <laughs> <Sign me laughs> which I'm sure you do. <laughs> so it's, it's whatever... You are good at whatever yeah. God has gifted you the talent of. You yeah. use your talent to worship Him. And I think for me, doing studies and stuff, I could have seen that worship is sacrificial as well. It takes yeah. a sacrifice from you. And there's a couple of stories in the Bible where that sacrifice is apparent. We look at Abraham and Isaac where he had to sacrifice his son because that was his worship to yeah. God. Or essentially God asked him to do something. And now who is this God? Who are you to ask me? Do I obey you? Do I not obey yeah. you? But your worship is sacrificial. So because you worship this God, I will adore him. I will fear him. I will honor him. And in so I will worship him. So Abraham goes up and he almost kills his son. And we obviously know how that story goes, but it has a happy ending. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, Um, he's alive. (laughs) (laughs) So, like the sacrificial part of worship, what do you guys think of, or what's your perspective on worshiping sacrificial? You know, it's laying down your desires, your needs, your tantrums, (laughs) your demands, yeah, um, and it's taking all our attitude. All, all of those things that make us who we are and laying it down and surrendering it, our personality, our, like I said, our desires, our everything, and realizing that without God, we really are nothing. And the ability to sing didn't come from us. The gifts that we have, uh, the abilities, the talents, none of it. We, we can't take any credit for it. The only credit we can take is for furthering those talents and expanding on them and improving. But really, that's, it's, it's like dirt in God's eyes. On, you know, if you, if you were to be raw and honest about it. So sacrifice is laying it all down. And there's other forms of sacrifice. It's waking up at 5 a.m. Mm. If you have an early start on a Sunday morning. Um, 6 a.m. call time. 6 a.m. call time. It's 
hours of practicing, rehearsing, learning your words, learning the chords, the melodies, whatever, whatever it looks like for you. It's time. It's effort. Depending on where you're at in your and how f- much you serve in your team, it's imparting to others. It's training. It's walking journeys with people. It's pastoral. So there's a lot of sacrifice. It reminds me of a session we did with our worship pastor where I brought up the question and I said, I am an MD, but in my MDing, I don't feel I can worship because I have to concentrate on so many things. You have to, like you said, you have to prepare your songs. You have to prepare your chords. I, as an MD, you have to know all the structures of all the parts. So when do I get a chance to worship? And he actually corrected me and he said, but in fulfilling your function, that's you are worshiping yeah. because what you are doing is you are allowing the team to perform their function, which is allowing the congregation to engage in worship without distraction, without anything coming in the way, without yeah. like bad music or, or something where somebody can just say, hey, but that was a wrong chord or that was a wrong thing. So us fulfilling a function is also a form of worship. Yeah. And again, that comes down to sacrifice. It's sacrificing your time, sacrificing your your knowledge, because you have to practice. I mean, for me to be able to play what I play, I need to rehearse. Yeah. I need to develop my skill. Waking up early on the Sunday morning <laughs> is not fun. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Having to be at church at 6 a.m. and then do three services and then another service at night is not always the funnest thing in the world, yeah. but that's sacrifice because we're doing it to enhance the kingdom. We're doing it so that people's lives can be touched, so people can be saved, yeah. so that they can eventually have eternal life. And that is what the sacrifice comes down to. Yeah. For sure. I think like practically it's also very sacrificial in terms of I often use this example with our team. There's so many songs that I personally hate. I hate leading certain songs. But our church loves it. Like some of these like yellow hippie songs, they respond so well and I'm like, seriously, why must we do this again? But I mean that sacrifice because like we need to realize as yeah, do the bridge forty times <laughs> <laughs> over and over and over, and the church starts no singing when you do it. Time. <laughs> but we need to realize that, like, it's not about us. You know, we do what builds God's kingdom, which is another way in which worship and being part of a worship team and leading worship is sacrificial. And also, like, spending time with God in the week. I do believe that your worship on a Sunday is an overflow of the time Absolutely. spent with God in the week. Yeah. So if you can clearly see a difference between a worship leader leading a song and nothing's happening. You're struggling to get the congregation to engage and respond. And a worship leader who you know has been spending time with God, there's a conviction and it's personal leading the congregation and you feel the Holy Spirit being tangible. Yeah, But that reminds me of what we're singing as well Because if we're leading from a place of emptiness mm. Then we can't lead You can't lead from yeah. nothing And it comes down to like you say Even the songs we sing I mean one of the songs that I always think back to is Oceans where <laughs> It's a terrible song to sing Because do you know what you're singing? Yeah. Do you know what you are asking God for? Yes. That um, the bridge line of Take me deeper where my faith can be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. If I'm leading from a place of emptiness, if I'm singing that, and I don't mean, like, luckily I don't sing because I can't sing. If, if I'm leading the congregation from a place yeah. of emptiness, that line means nothing, which yeah. means the congregation is going to feel nothing because we are called as worship leaders to bring down the atmosphere of worship, to bring down that presence, to set the tone for the church to go into 
worship. For sure. Mm. That to me is incredible. But to take it back to the scripturally, I think another story I'm reminded of is that of Daniel and his worship because he said to God, I'm going to serve you no matter what, no matter what the cost, no matter what it takes. There were cases where the Daniel fast comes from where he sacrificed all this lavish food and the finest wines and stuff. And he said, no, I'm going to eat my fruit and my vegetables and I'm going to drink my water because that's my sacrifice. So that was sacrificial. And he ended up being better for it. If you read in the first chapter of Daniel, it says that God actually gave him wisdom and understanding because of that. So there was a benefit to that. Later on, we read that him and his friends didn't bow down to this golden statue that I think it was King Nebuchadnezzar, if I remember correctly that he did this and he was like, everybody needs to bow down and worship to this statue. And Daniel and his friends were like, nope, we're not going to do that because we are fearful of our God, that reverent fear, and we are going to worship him. And what did God do? God showed himself once again because he was willing to lay down his life to sacrifice. And for me, it comes down to that, what you mentioned in your promo, Jamie, that Romans 12, Mm. where Paul says we lay down our lives because our lives is a sacrificial life of worship. And I think Paul, and this is my own personal revelation or things so don't don't quote me on theology <laughs> yeah, this is not theology but paul was a member of the sanhedrin so he was well educated he knew the scriptures he knew the old testament so i am pretty sure that he knew the story of daniel very well he knew the story of abram and genesis and all that very well so when he wrote that line of let your bodies be a living sacrifice because this is your form of worship he knew what he was talking about He knew that it's not about singing, it's not about dancing, it's not about anything else, but it's about laying down your life in Mm. worship of this God that we serve. Absolutely, yeah. Just to go back to the point of surrender, often when we lead worship, we ask the church to lift their hands, and some people are like, why do we do this? That is a physical notion of surrendering. I actually read a study. Well, I went for an interview at work, and one of my team leaders told me before the interview, go stand in a quiet room alone and lift your hands up for two minutes because you'll feel better afterwards. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I read a medical study on how lifting your hands physically reduces the cortisol levels in you. So if there's medical studies on that, we're surrendering ourselves to Jesus who died for us. Like, why would we do it for an interview, but we wouldn't do it in the church setting, you know? So like, if you're wondering, how do I surrender myself completely to God, lift your hands during worship. Sometimes in church, you're like, come on, guys, lift your hands, and everyone stands there. Yeah, you get that album, you like worshiping your heart out, you get that open, <laughs> like, staring at you. <laughs> That's where, again, it comes from the place of where if we show our worship and yes. if we show, and again, worshiping from a place so where we are example. filled. Yeah. yeah, If we do it, we lead in the congregation, yeah. they will eventually get, I mean, that when we're standing with his, his hands folded, he's going to come back to church. That's it. Yeah. He's going to come back a week and a week and later on, you'll see that he's also raising his hands. Happens he's also experiencing the, yeah. the glory of God because yeah. we are emanating that. We are ushering in mm. that presence. And that to me is absolutely amazing. Yeah. I'm reminded of another story. I'm just you speaking about your work and stuff. When I was in school, we used to do this thing where there was a school movement. Okay. I went to a Christian school. I went to, so I was very sheltered. Not like you guys went to government school. <laughs> we went to the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And what we used to do to to kind of usher in or to show our friends and stuff, because being in a Christian school that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's there is Christian, because you obviously get parents True. that wanna yeah. wanna send their kids to fix them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you get those. And what we started doing was in the morning we got there, some of us, and we knelt down at our desk and we started praying. And we pray for the school. I mean, as a young teenager or preteen or or those ages. That is us laying down our comfort as a so, teenager, yeah. laying down like, what are my friends going to say about me? Because I'm praying for my school now. I'm praying for my friends. I'm praying for the people to be saved and to experience God. And it started with two people. Next week, you'll see that there's four people. Next week, you'll see that there's almost the whole class. And that's how it started. And that's how we started getting that's people so cool. to pray and to understand this concept of laying down your life. And I see it all over that, like those movements are still happening today, which is so incredible to see. And again, that is a form of worship. We are laying down our lives, laying down who I am because Christ did that for us. And that is amazing. That is something that that I think we can all strive to. I mean, we've got a a sister church in the AOG, Life Church. I know some of them, they do school ministries a lot and they practically do the same thing. And they have reached so many young people by just being that example. And that's where you say like us standing on platform Yes, that Wimpy might be standing with his hands crossed. Yes, half the church might not be engaged because it the Springboks won the rugby. Yeah. World we should Cup never get this. despondent from that. <laughs> yeah. And then half the church is not even there and there's yeah. empty rows because everybody is still sleeping from the game. But when we <laughs> bring in that presence of worship, you see the church still moves yeah. and the church still grows. Yeah. And all we need to do is just continue to worship and be reverent of God. Yeah. And You're just reminding me of something. It ties in so well with what you were talking about, surrender, Jamie, is, you know, on a Sunday morning or evening, whether you are feeling happy, whether you are, irrespective of what your emotions are telling you, irrespective of what you are going through, there's a church that needs to connect with God and we are called to lead them into worship. And irrespective of what we're feeling, what we're experiencing, sometimes you just don't feel like taking that platform because you might be exhausted physically or emotionally you are just wrecked because of some serious bad news or whatever. You know, sometimes we go through the valley experiences. We're not always high up on the mountain where it's glorious and it's beautiful. And it's even in those moments where we need to surrender and show up full of passion, full of excitement, full of surrender to Jesus. And in that obedience, God is our strength. He becomes our refuge. He becomes our courage. He becomes our joy. And I've seen that, I think it was two weeks ago, there was about one and a half minutes left before service. And I just had such a blackout moment. I was, I just couldn't remember anything. I was mm. just so exhausted from the crazy week and weekend. I just couldn't remember my chords. I couldn't remember anything that was coming up. I was, I just literally hit a blank and I downright panicked. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm about to lead worship. And I'm, I'm flawed. What the heck do I do now? And literally we were singing, I think it was Battle Belongs by Full Wickham. And every single word as I was leading worship, I was 
physically fighting for what fighting through battling through what mm. i was experiencing as it was happening live you know in the room and it was just such a beautiful experience because as tough and as hard as that was i really could battle through that through what i was going through and the worship was extravagant it was beautiful and our team was just so incredible and god moved in power and it just goes to show that in my own strength, yes. I really can't do anything because I had no strength. I had nothing to give, but just showing up in surrender. And you just see how God supernaturally just carried me through that. And yeah, 100%, just there it is, just yeah. another fresh example of just what surrender physically looks like in that moment. I think for me, like in some of the lowest seasons that I've been in personally, was the highest seasons for me in worship yeah, because yeah. it's when you truly have to surrender and say, God, I don't know how on earth I'm going to do this right that's now, right. but yeah. you're going to do yeah. it. It's like <laughs> you're going to show up and you're going to move. And that's when God honestly just shows up because once again, we're surrendering to him. We're not doing it in our own strength. And I think that's so important to always be mindful of. So I always, I'm so nervous. Like, the last minute of the countdown and everyone's like why are you so nervous like you do this all the time whatever and I'm like because it's such a big weight to carry to yeah, lead yeah. God's people into worship and I never want to take it for granted I never want to show up on a Sunday and be like oh I got this I've done this song so many times Da da because then it's, you're not doing it from a place of surrender yeah, yeah, you're doing yeah. it from a place of expect of expecting yourself to just be great yeah. You know, and then you're performing from correct. what you know and the, you start relying on the gift and yeah. the talent. Yes. And, and worship is not a performance. It's never That's a it? performance, yeah. 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 So, I mean, don't you find that those are the best worship moments that you actually have? Like, I mean, it's like you're drained, you're exhausted. we in service number three and it's been a long day already. And you just know that oh, I just, I mean, honestly, I sit in the green room sometimes if I just need to get through one more service, just one more. And then, then it's cool. And then you get onto a platform and you give you all. And then that ends up being the service that somebody needed. Yeah. That's right. That ended up being the yeah. one where the person came in, they were down. They knew that like, I mean, there are stories where you hear people that today was the day where I was going to like end my life yeah. or mm -hmm. something like that. And all they needed was just that one worship moment. So it's hundred percent that you say that that weight is yeah. on you knowing that somebody could be here that really, really needs this. I've got to give my all yeah. no matter what. And I mean, another point that says that worship is an inward preparation. So it's an inward preparation, not an inward perfection. Yeah. It's mm. internal stewardship. And that is so important because that comes down to the performance thing. We're yeah. not here to perform. No. We're not here to put on a show yeah. for someone. If you're striving for perfection, you're going to perform. Yeah. That's, yep. that's the bottom line. Yeah. And it's so sad that sometimes you unfortunately see that where it's about performance. It's about how good am I as a musician? Yeah. How many riffs can I play? How many? In one song. <laughs> <laughs> and then that, that takes away from that genuine, authentic that's worship. Yeah. And that's where we need to be. We need to be at a place where we authentically worship yeah. God. We, we usher in that presence where it's not about me. It's not about how I feel. It's not about how tired I am. It's not about the fact that I had to wake up at 4.30 this morning yeah. just to, to be prepared. It's about me rocking up, showing up, showing the congregation how to worship and being that example so that someone's life can be saved at the end of yeah. the day. And that is the most important part for me Absolutely. of yeah. worship. And that is why I worship. That is why I do it. It's 
how I try and worship. I don't always get it right. Let's be honest. We're not the perfect worship leaders here. We're not here to tell everybody that, hey, look at us. Hey, look at we've got this dialed. Okay? <laughs> don't, we don't. <laughs> don't watch our live stream. Don't, don't, don't. But, but we try and that's the, I think yeah. that's the most important part is that we genuinely try and we genuinely have a heart for worship that's and it. that's what God what what's important yeah. to him. Diego, you, you hit the nail on the head. Our pastor always says, there's no throwaway Sunday and there's mm. no throwaway service. Every Sunday matters. Yes. Sunday is coming and it's equally as important as the previous. Our Christmas service is as important as our average, normal, usual yeah. service. There's no throwaway Sunday because people on throwaway, people matter. Yeah. If we can rock up with an attitude of excellence, and forget perfection, yeah. then we're setting ourselves up for success. Because, you know, as, as much as we'd love to all be perfect, it's impossible. But we can all be excellent yeah. in what we do, in our preparation, like you said. And when we come prepared with that spirit of excellence, that sets us up for success because now we can authentically worship. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. With, I mean, that, yeah. that's something that I think is different from our team is so now you can talk about this difference between excellence and perfection mm -hmm. whereas perfection is i'm trying to be perfect because then it becomes a show and i need to do these things but excellence is taking what i have and doing the best that i can That's do it. with what i have yeah. that shows excellence now i do have a caveat to that though. this is reminding me of something it's <laughs> here like, we go here we go <laughs> An example that I use, and I'm going to like upset some people here, but just because you think you can sing doesn't mean you should sing, as an example. No. <laughs> it just got real in here. <laughs> so I understand the concept of excellence as being taking what you have. And I mean, if you don't have, if you're a worship team and you don't have the best singers, take what you have mm -hmm. and do it. But there's also a responsibility yeah. that That's the word. I, if God has blessed me with a yeah. certain talent, I need to use that talent. If that means singing, by all means, use your talent to sing. Prepare, practice, prepare your heart, do everything that you need to do to develop your skill. But if I'm not a singer, and let's say I'm an amazing cook, mm. go work in the hospitality team. 100%. Go prepare food, yeah. go pray blessings over every single meal that you prepare. That is your form of worship. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody needs to be on platform. And that is this concept of we've got a hospitality team, we've got kids church, we've got so many departments or in a church at the moment that has become right. so many opportunities to yeah, worship. There's, there's lots of opportunities to worship, lots of opportunities yeah. to serve. And that's where I think people sometimes miss the boat is, and, and that's the, again, the conversation of excellence versus perfection and becoming a show is I want to be upfront. I want to be in the center. I want to be in the spotlight. That shouldn't be the place where we're worshiping. Mm -hmm. from. Yeah. And that's where this whole perfection thing comes yeah. from. I think, I think it goes back to, you can have someone that's so highly skilled, they don't have a relationship with God. Yep. So if you're singing amazing notes on a Sunday, you're not going to get anywhere because there's no connection with God mm. in your personal life. Mm. So you can have a very average singer that is an amazing worship leader because of their relationship with God. Yeah. So once again, the, yes, yeah. like it's an overflow of your relationship with God. It's not, obviously, if you have that gift and you have the calling, you do your best to make it excellent. Yeah. But it needs to come from your hearts. And then on the flip side of that, and I agree completely, but you're, you're certainly not going to put someone on stage who's got a heart for worship and this beautiful relationship with God and they can't sing to yeah. save their lives. <laughs> you're going to send a lot of people home with bleeding ears. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want that either. Yeah. So, that, But that comes down to, again, 
preparation yeah. because and you also said it the responsibility mm-hmm. lies on you to further develop and improve yeah and as a singer if we all have a ceiling we all have our limitations we all have areas that need refining and i think the responsibility is ours to work at that Definitely. and and to become more excellent but i think that's where a program like growth track mm. comes in because i think part of growth track if i remember correctly is discovering your purpose oh yes and there you join a church you do this growth track thing for people who's listening that don't know what growth track is, it's essentially a, a little introductory program that takes you through quite a few steps to find out who you are, what is your purpose. And it's this whole thing of also understanding what the vision of the church is that you, you're joining. And part of that, like I said, is discovering your purpose. So there you take the person and you say, okay, where did God want me to be in? What area did God want me to serve yeah. in? What am I skilled at? Is it? hospitality is it greeting i mean you get some people that are amazing greeters yeah like they can wake up at six o'clock in the morning and they can stand <laughs> at that door and they will be the most bubbly person do that yeah and, I they, can't haven't, do and they haven't even had a cup of coffee, yet. Had coffee yet. <laughs> i can't do that i'm not gonna lie i stand on stage six o'clock in the morning and i go yo why am i why did i do this lord about that supernatural energy that would be a good time <laughs> So find your purpose and worship in your purpose. And I think that is the key that people should take away from this. Yes, we are all worship leaders in a sense that we worship on platform, but that is not the only place you can be a worship leader. We've got people in our connect group who serve in kids church and they minister the word to kids. Beautiful. That's their worship. That's worship. And they are amazing at it. They have such an amazing personality and they do such an amazing work for kids that it's not about being on platform. It's not about serving, but they are leading up the next generation. And to an extent, I actually think that's more important than Mm. singing a song on a stage. So where do you want to be? Do you want to serve your purpose and worship God where you are called to worship? Or do you want to be seen? And I think that's where somebody needs to sit down and, and ask themselves that question. And ask God. And, then, oh, and, yes. ask, and ask God that question. Do growth check. Find, yes. find a church that does growth check. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Not us promoting our churches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that. Find a church that has something like growth check. <laughs> but uh, I, th- it's, I do think it, it is really important to find where you are gifted at. That's a good point. And to yeah. serve and worship in that area. Because that's where you're going to grow the most. That's where you're going to develop. I had a corporate boss quite a number of years ago. And he said that when you're looking at your performance index or your performance plan, you should look at it on a sliding scale. There's always going to be areas where you need development and there's going to be areas that you're really good at. And if I work on the areas that I'm really not great at this year, next year, those are going to be my areas that are going to be great at. And it's the same concept. Whatever you're worshiping in, maybe I'm not great at waking up early in the morning so I can work on that. Yeah. I can make sure that I go get my coffee every morning and make sure that I rock up and usher because that's also a thing that can hold people back is if I rock up at six o'clock in the morning and I have a bad attitude, that can reflect on somebody else. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So that's something, an area where it I can work. It starts disrupting the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then that's again that conversation of preparation. I need to be prepared not only with my structures and my cords and all that, but I need to be prepared spiritually and mentally and and all of that as yeah. a whole so that I can worship effectively. And, and another thing I wanted to mention earlier, coming back to sacrifice, perhaps sacrifice means 
on a Saturday evening instead of partying till 12 a.m. Except when the Springboks play. Except when the Springboks <laughs> play. Yes, yes, yes. It's so funny. In our, in our WhatsApp groups, I, I reminded everybody to go to bed at eight. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the game started, the game started at, at, at nine. At nine. <laughs> so funny. But the sacrifice is if you know you're not a morning person, instead of going to bed at midnight, go to bed at nine or 10 yeah. to get you that little extra sleep so that you can wake up at 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning and feel refreshed mm. and not feel exhausted. That in and of itself is also a form of sacrifice. Yeah. And uh, I mean, showing up at 5 a.m. and being miserable is not honoring your team no. and honoring your team and your church is worship. There's so many moving parts to it, but I think essentially it needs to be a lifestyle. It needs to be ingrained mm. yeah. in you. And obviously that takes practice. It takes practicing being, good habits. Yeah. yeah practicing yeah. good habits, being mindful of. So I have this thing where my facial expressions show everything. So I need to be oh, so really? mindful. <laughs> funny. <laughs> I need to be so mindful. Like when I'm on worship and something funny happens, I can't be like, what just happened, you know? Yeah. Because like that's not honoring God or honoring people or honoring that's my team. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned for our next topic where we'll talk where about we worship fails. <laughs> Jamie's we'll It's good, it's good. But it's true, like, I mean, our worship is an outward expression and it's anchored in our circumstances. Yeah. So now I want to pose a question to you guys. What do you tell someone who wants to worship but their circumstances is just so down that that I just can't. I mean, we all go through life, unfortunately. And things happen. Circumstances happen. What do you tell that person? Like, How do you continue to worship God despite your circumstances? Well, the disciples were in the boat with Jesus. A vicious, violent storm came. And the boat was almost ripped to shreds. The disciples were freaking out. They were losing their minds. Jesus was having a good old nap. He was sleeping. Yeah. And they were near death and freaking out, waking him. Jesus, the storm is wild. The boat is ripping to shreds and you're sleeping. What's going on? You know, and life is life. And sometimes we go through storms where, and I speak really from personal experience. I've had so many storms this past year, this past 12 months. It has been wild and rough. There's not enough time to go into the testimony of what I've been through. But man, I have become so aware of Jesus in my boat. The lesson is if Jesus can chill and sleep in the storm, he's still with me. He's in the boat. It's not like he's abdicated and absconded and gone. He's there. And be still and know that I'm God, irrespective, you know, of the storm. And I've come to rest in the knowledge that he is the Alpha and the Omega. He knows the end from the beginning. Yeah. He has seen my future. He has seen my past. He's in it all. And if I can surrender the wild storm to him, the good, the bad, and the ugly, then the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah. I said it earlier. He becomes my refuge, my safe haven, my safe place. Even though my boat might be ripped to shreds, Jesus is still in the storm with me. Yeah. He might be sleeping, but that brings me peace because, you know, just because he's sleeping doesn't mean he doesn't care. And, and that, that is my anchor. That is my hope. He will never leave me nor mm. forsake me. And even if you are so depressed and so, or oppressed or so hopeless, God can still be your hope. 
because in surrendering even the hopelessness, what is faith? It's believing and trusting that the outcome will be something spectacular, even though I don't see it right now. I trust, I have hope, I put my faith in you that you will carry me and see me through this and bring me out on the other side. Yeah. That has been my anchor during this wild season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even if Jesus is not in your boat, I mean, I just was reminded of the one of the last journeys that Paul took where he was convicted by the Holy Spirit that you are going to make it to Rome. That is where you're going to end up and you are going to preach to Caesar and you're going to preach to, because that's eventually what he did. And they were sailing through the Mediterranean and obviously there was big storms and stuff. And he told them, don't sail because we're going we're gonna to end up crashing and we're going to end up yeah. shipwrecked and stuff. Jesus wasn't in that boat, but Paul knew and his heart was convicted that the Holy Spirit said, I am going to make it here. And the Holy Spirit convicted him and said, you are going to survive and everybody on this boat is going to survive. Yeah, yeah. Despite the fact that they crashed, they crashed in the island of, of I think it was Malta, if I remember correctly. Italia. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they went to make it the pasta. <laughs> oh, I can't deal with you. <laughs> Telling a serious story. I'm so sorry. You said pasta and I got excited. I love food. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Pause. We're going to eat right now. <laughs> Lunch break. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to the story. Back to the ship back wreck. Back yes. the <laughs> Their ship wrecked yeah. on the island. Yeah. yeah. And they were able to actually perform miracles on that island and still serve God's purpose. So even when you feel like Jesus is not in your boat, he's still there. I think for me, I'm so good at pacing up and down, worshiping God, being loud and shouting songs of victory, where recently we were at a conference with some church people and I just got convicted. Be still. Like I'm asking God, all these big questions, going through really, really difficult situations, but I'm not making time to actually listen to God's response. I'm always pacing. I'm always holy, Jesus, amen, whatever. But when am I actually taking the time to listen? Like a relationship is you talking and someone else responding. So I think in moments where you do feel like, obviously we all respond different, but in moments where you do feel like you down and out, you're not, you're anxious, you're depressed, Sometimes you just need to be still and listen to God. And practically, I think it's also important not to withdraw yourself. Go to church, surround yourself with people that lift you up. And I could be at 50%. You could be at 120%. If I surround myself with you, you could fill me up and speak positivity into my life. I think it's so easy when you're in those moments where nothing makes sense to just withdraw yourself. You just want to be alone, but that's where the enemy attacks you. And I think it's important for us all to stay connected, stay connected to your church, stay connected to the people who speak life into you. I love that. And it ties in so well because we can't do life alone. You cannot live outside of community. And, you know, we all have a bench and we all need people on our bench, mm-hmm. people that sit with us, that can encourage us. You know, you, you watch any sport, tennis or boxing or whatever. There is a coach. There is a team of coaches mm. who are there to encourage, to speak into the areas that need speaking into, the areas that need addressing. Just a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. You know, Moses, old man, raising his hands. And as long as his hands are raised, they're winning the war. His hands get weary. And Aaron and her, what do they do? They surround him. They hold his hands up Mm -hmm. and they win the war. And it's the same for us. We can't do life alone. Life is hard. 
And if we live outside of community, we're in serious danger because then we're going to start believing the lies and the accusations that come from here. Mm -hmm. And then we're in serious trouble. So good, Ali. I want to end off by just leaving us with, with the scripture that Jamie actually alluded to in a little promo session, which is Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. And it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And that's where the sacrificial worship part comes in. And it's in verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's essentially what it is. If we worship from a place of sacrifice, from it's not about me, it's about God, we will not be part of this world. We will not be from this world. We don't have to interact and do things the way the world does. We have our community in church. We have people that have our backs. We yeah. have people that are praying for us consistently. Then we will know what is God's good and perfect will. So even mm -hmm. if you're in that down, you'll be able to pray and you'll be able to worship and it will be revealed to you what yeah. God's will is for you. And it says it is good pleasing and perfect will, which means it's good for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing bad for us, nothing that we shouldn't be doing because all God wants from us is all he wants is our worship. That's it. Oh. So good. So thank you guys. And yeah. thank this you for, for joining us on our, on our very first episode. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back again with some more and yeah, catch us next time. Watch this space. I want pasta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take us to Malta. We needed the pasta. <laughs> The Worship Gear podcast is produced by the Worship Gear production team. Video editing by Jason Hunts. Audio editing, artwork and music by Rebecca Fonsale. If you'd like to support Worship Gear, you can visit the link in the show notes and subscribe to our social media channels. This is the Worship Gear podcast. Thank you for listening.